Good morning. Uh, so as we come together here at Bethany, we've been going through a sermon series called Into the Wilderness, and we're following God's people uh, from their exodus out of Egypt on their way to the promised land and sort of the experiences that they had in the wilderness and what it meant for them spiritually as they came to understand what it meant to be God's people. And then as we kind of reflect on these texts, then we're sort of asking similar questions and, and wondering what does it mean for us as God's people as we uh, follow him, and especially maybe more so, what does it mean for us when we find ourselves in places of wilderness, of pain or confusion or loss? And so this morning, um, we find ourselves in the wilderness of sin, which sounds like a fun place, and uh, they're on their way actually out from this place, and we're going to be in the book of Exodus chapter 17. I'm just going to kind of step through this text as I read it, and um, and then I'm going to compare it to some other things that uh, we experience as God's people. And so starting in chapter 17, verse 1, it says, All the congregation of the people of Israel moved on from the wilderness of Sten by stages according to the commandment of the Lord and camped at Rephidim. But there was no water for the people to drink. And therefore the people quarreled with Moses and said, Give us water to drink. And Moses said to them, Why do you quarrel with me? Why do you test the Lord? But the people thirsted there for water, and the people grumbled against Moses and said, Why did you bring us out of Egypt to kill us and our children and our livestock with thirst? So Moses cried to the Lord, What shall I do with these people? They are almost ready to stone me. And the Lord said to Moses, Pass on before the people, taking with you some of the elders of Israel, and take in your hand the staff with which you struck the Nile, and go. Behold, I will stand before you there on the rock at Horeb, and you shall strike the rock, and water shall come out of it, and the people will drink. And Moses did so in the sight of the elders elders of Israel. And he called the name of the place Massa and Meribah because of the quarreling of the people of Israel, and because they tested the Lord by saying, Is the Lord among us or not? You see, in this text, you know, Moses is representative of God. He, he's leading on behalf of the Father, and, and the people in the wilderness are starting to get a little bit upset and grumble. And what we're witnessing a little bit is what's sort of known as groupthink. And what that is is sort of the attitudes and energy of, of people is contagious, right? So if you're around a lot of people that are really upset about something and really down on something, you start to feel maybe a little upset and down about it too. In this particular text, they're getting so worked up that Moses is actually going to God uh, concerned that he's about to get stoned by the people that he's been leading. (laughs) And so Moses, acting on behalf of God, is about to get stoned by the people called to follow God because of what is happening to them in the wilderness. And they're sort of coming to God and coming to Moses with a question. And the question is, is the Lord among us or not? Is he here? Is he present? I mean, it's a fair question because after all, they are really thirsty. Their animals are really thirsty. And they're asking the question, why did you bring us out of Egypt to kill us and our children and our livestock with thirst. 
It's almost like they have a little bit of revisionist history going on. They've, they've forgotten all the blessings that they have from God. I mean, it's not like he's left them for dead. I mean, he, he sent plagues onto the Pharaoh and, and led them out of Egypt from that slavery. He, he parted the water so they could walk safely across dry land to freedom. When they grumbled about not having food to eat, he sent manna and he sent quail. He kept going on ahead of them, providing for them, taking care of them. And then here they are now, grumbling. Where's our water? (laughs) Did you send us here to die? It's like they forgot how bad it was in Egypt. And they've forgotten how faithful God has been the whole time. They want what they want when they want it. Now, you know what this sounds like to me? How many of you have kids? Right? See, my kids aren't here at the service today, so I can talk about them a little bit more. No. Right? No. Like, really, seriously, it's like my kids, they will, they will say, oh, oh, we're so hungry. We're so thirsty. Literally, it's like they, they read the Old Testament. Father, will you feed us? Father, will you give us water? I just gave you water. When have I not fed you? But I'm starving. No, you're not. You see, this is, this is what God's people are doing. They're just grumbling and not trusting and not believing. But we find ourselves in a similar place. Like, it's not just our kids. I mean, think about the last several years. You know, is the Lord among us or not? What a fair question when you're struggling when you're unsure of the future, when you don't know where your next drink may come, perhaps. But I mean, having gone through uh, 2020, it raised some of those questions, is God among us or not? And then again in 2021, and again in 2022. I mean, with all the uncertainty with like supply chain and economic shenanigans and conflict, like I was reading this article, the, the conflict that's happening in the Ukraine, like Ukraine is known as sort of the, the breadbasket of the world, and Russia also provides a lot of the wheat, and because of the conflict, you know, wheat's not being exported, and they're not planting wheat for the future years, and, and so what they're predicting is people are going to be crying out to God, where is the food? Countries that depend on it aren't going to have it, and in fact, uh, they're saying it's going to affect our supply chain of food and resources as well. It's just things are going to get more expensive and some things may not be on the shelf. And it's enough to make you ask, like with pandemics and wars and supply chain issues, is the Lord among us or not? And I'm not saying what we experience is more difficult than the people of Ukraine or, or more difficult than countries where people are already short on food. But you can just see the ripple effect of brokenness throughout the world and you can see people from every different country, land and thought sort of thinking, struggling and wondering what in the world is going on. Uh, there's a gospel text, uh, it's in the Gospel of John, chapter 4, and it's a really interesting story, and to me it, it sort of parallels this Old Testament story 
Jesus is on his way to Galilee, and him and the disciples go through the region of Samaria. And he sends the disciples on ahead to get food because they're hungry. And Jesus comes upon this well, and there's a woman at the well, and Jesus is thirsty. And so he goes up to this woman, and he asks her, he says to her, give me a drink. And he asked her this because, I mean, this is not like some sort of lush green area. I mean, they've been traveling by foot, and, and, and this is uh, an arid part of the country. They have to dig wells pretty deep to get to the water. And Jesus is sort of asking the same question the Israelites in the wilderness were. Like, I'm thirsty. Give me a drink. I want a drink. And um, so he goes to the Samaritan woman. And the Samaritan woman looks at Jesus, and, and she says, A Jew? <laughs> Asks for a drink from me, a woman of Samaria. And what it reveals is sort of this cultural animosity between these two groups of people, the Jews and the, and the Samaritans. For Jews, it says, had no dealings with the Samaritans. They were unclean. They were not faithful. They were not to be trusted. There was conflict among two different cultural groups that sometimes made things more difficult than they needed to be. And so she's sitting here looking at him, and she's wondering, why is he asking me for a drink? And so she looks at him, and he says this, and Jesus said to her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. And the woman, I mean, she's kind of street smart. She's looking at him, and she's like, you have nothing to pull water out of the well with yourself. Like, what are you talking about, giving me water? And Jesus looks at her, and he he starts to describe something to her that is more than what she bargains for. It's not just water that he's offering. He says, everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks of the water that I give him will never be thirsty again. The water that I will give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. And of course, I mean, the Samaritan woman probably in poverty in an arid region, is thinking, water that never ends? <laughs> Where do I sign up? Like, what is this water you speak of? And she says that, sir, give me this water so that I will not be thirsty or have to come here to draw it. Like, I won't have to work. I can just enjoy it freely. Give it to me. And Jesus, he doesn't give her water, because he's not talking about literal water. He's talking about something greater than water, right? But he responds in a different way. He doesn't say, okay, here you go, or he doesn't explain what he means. He says to her, go and get your husband. Uh-oh. <laughs> Which one? And you, you get a sense that all of a sudden this Samaritan woman has been through a lot, a lot more than than a lot of people because she doesn't just have one husband she has five and we don't know the background story we don't know what's going on with her we don't know what sort of wilderness she went through to experience five different husbands but Jesus knew and so the woman was like you must be a prophet like how do you know me how do you know this and Jesus says believe me woman the hour is coming like when people will worship me in spirit and truth, true worshipers will worship in ways that they haven't before. And the woman says to him, I know the Messiah is coming, 
he who is called Christ. When he comes, he will tell us all things. And Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am he. He's saying to her, I am uh, the Christ, the Messiah. And she, she marveled at this, and she immediately goes back to the town, and she begins to tell people. She left her water jar. She goes in the town. She says, come and see a man who told me all that I ever did. Can this be the Christ? Can this be the Christ? Is the Lord among us or not? Is this the Messiah? Is this really him? And she goes. She goes into the village, and a little bit later in the text it says, many Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me all that I ever did. And so Samaritans came to him, and they asked to stay with him. And what you see is that Jesus becomes present to the Samaritans because he is present in this woman. He is there. Is the Lord among us or not? Yes, he is among us in the woman. And then the disciples come a little bit later with food, and, and there's this interesting sort of dialogue. He's, the disciples go to Jesus, and they are encouraging him to eat. They say, eat. And what does Jesus say? He's always cryptic. He says, I have food to eat that you do not know about. <laughs> now, if I was the disciples, I'd be like, then why did you send us to the store? <laughs> What's going on? And he said to them, My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to accomplish his work. And then he begins to tell them about how the harvest is plentiful and, and, and the, the wheat is ready to be harvested. And he's talking about the people that will come to know him. And of course he sends the disciples out to harvest the people. Is the Lord among us or not? You learn that, yes, he is. He's present in the disciples as they go and encounter people. And so when we ask amongst ourselves, like with all the different things that we experience, is the Lord among us? The answer is yes, he is. He's among us through you, his disciples. He's, he's here because you're here. He shows up in the people that you're sitting next to in, in very real ways. And so, yeah, maybe we, we succumb to groupthink and we get to be a little bit grumbly at times. Like we, we wonder what's going on in the world. Like we like to get on the Facebook and <laughs> grumble about politics. Or we get upset that certain things aren't going the way we wish they were. But God also works in very positive ways through us because we can't get through the wilderness alone. We get through the wilderness together and for each other. That is, whatever it is that you're experiencing, whatever pain, whatever loss, whatever grief, whatever uncertainty, whatever unknown, when you call and ask, is the Lord among us or not, you know he is among us through the people that you are surrounded with. The people that point you back to the hope and back to the promise that we have in Jesus. And I know this is true. 
And this is why we gather together, because when we leave here, not everyone does have that same hope. And so it, it gets to be uh, tiring at times, and there's a lot of uncertainty and, and frustration and anxiety. And then we come together to encourage each other and lift each other up and, and be there, and then go out and be there for people again. The last couple of weeks, uh, we've experienced uh, something that's not very common in this area. We've experienced a few tornadoes, Right? Um, like one of the reasons why my wife was all about leaving Fort Worth to come to Austin was no tornadoes. Um, <laughs> yeah, truly. And, uh, and, and all of a sudden we have them. And, and it does, it affects people, right? Some people lost some property, some people lost their roofs, some cars were damaged. And this is how it works, right? You wake up on some random day and you think, here's how my day's going to go. I'm going to go to work. I have to fight traffic. I'm going to deal with family things. And you think you know what your whole day is going to be. You think you know what's going to happen. You think you know what the future holds. And then by the end of the day, your house is gone. Is the Lord among us or not? And when these things happen, when they catch us off guard, that's when God shows up the most through us, through his people. When we support each other and we point people to Jesus as he's called us to. And I know this happens at Bethany because literally, like I just, we have midweek services right now um, as we're heading towards Easter. And, and all I said last Wednesday is, hey, we're going to try to support some of the people that have needs. And so we have these kits we want to put together, but we have three days. We got to get them to them by Saturday. And boom, guess what happens? People respond. <laughs> is the Lord among us or not? Absolutely, he's among us. He's among us through you through one another. And so as we go through the wilderness of life, when we ask, is God with us or not, all we have to do is look to one another who have faith and trust in Jesus and know where their hope is. Or even when roofs are falling down and cars literally are being tossed on the side of the road, when you wake up maybe not next to your first but fifth husband, I don't know, when you've lost something that you value or cherish, God is there. He's there through the people that love you, support you, encourage and pray for you, and point you to Jesus. And so let's have hope together as we follow him faithfully, encouraging and supporting one another. In Jesus' name, amen.